Power is one of the world's most talked about and perhaps most written about subjects because it is an inherent part of our lives. From our personal relationships and disputes at work, to the highest levels of international diplomacy and big business, power is everywhere. After studying and teaching this subject for two decades, we have come to realize that despite its ubiquity, or perhaps because of it, power is still vastly misunderstood. Every fall, as students file into our classrooms at Harvard University and the University of Toronto, they seek answers to the same set of questions. How can I gain power and keep it? Why don't I feel more powerful even though I've been promoted? How can I convince people to change? Why is it so hard to stand up to abusive bosses? How can I ensure that I won't abuse power myself when I have it? They are also concerned with what is happening around them in the world, and they wonder whether they have the potential to make a difference. In these past few years especially, we have been asked repeatedly in various ways, why do I feel like the world is blowing up in our faces and I can't do anything to stop it? Our classrooms aren't the only places where people come to us with such pressing questions. Our research and advising have taken us around the world where we've heard similar concerns from people of all ages and backgrounds. Teenagers to nonagenarians, some highly educated and others who never had the opportunity to learn to read. All these encounters, both inside and outside the classroom, have given us a unique window into how people grapple with power in places as different as a public hospital in the inner city of Rio de Janeiro, the well-appointed office of a former French president in Paris, and a bustling open space incubator for social enterprises in New York. Despite their great diversity, the people we've met and worked with think about power in similar ways. For the most part, they care about improving their own lives and often those of others. They want to have more control over their environment and make a difference, whether in their immediate families, their jobs, their communities, or society. Yet they find the path a rocky one. For every success they experience, they have stories of struggle or downright defeat. Intuitively, they know that power is the key to the impact they aspire to affect. But acknowledging that power is at play and understanding how it works are very different. And this brings us to the second thing people tend to have in common. Most of us have deep-seated misconceptions about power. Three fallacies in particular prevent many people from properly grasping it and, ultimately, being able to exercise it. Three pernicious fallacies. The first fallacy is the belief that power is a thing you possess and that some fortunate individuals have special traits that enable them to acquire it. If you have those traits, the reasoning goes, or you can find a way to obtain them, you will always be powerful. Those special characteristics are not too different from the magic artifacts that figure in epic stories and myths. Not surprisingly, people are curious to discover what these ideal traits are. But think about the relationships in your own life. You probably feel more in control in some of them than you do in others. And yet, most of the time, you bring with you the same underlying traits and capabilities. 
Although personal attributes can be sources of power in certain situations, you will come to appreciate why searching for special traits that would make someone powerful always and everywhere is largely a waste of time. The second fallacy is that power is positional, reserved for kings and queens, presidents and generals, board members and CEOs, the rich and the famous. It's common to mistake authority or rank for power, so common that we see it every year on the first day of class. When we ask students to list five people whom they view as powerful, 90% of the time they name people at the apex of some hierarchy. Yet you would be surprised by the number of top executives and CEOs who come to us because they struggle to get things done in their organizations. They realize that being at the top is no guarantee that their teams will do what they want them to do.